well-known author, and she's very popular. And you know, she's one of those women who's like every moment counts, and she's churning her own butter, looking out in the horizon with her like six homeschooled kids. And I'm like, I am a failure. I suck. <laughs> Now we're talking. Wes, what up? Hey, we are yeah. here. We're in your turf, man. This is, yeah, we're in the City of Angels. Yeah. We're here. And this is going to be good. You're you're a church planner here in the yeah. LA area, mm-hmm. but you're from Seattle. Yes. Yeah, and so Kind of. Okay. And, and sorry, I, told, I probably should have told you before. So originally from Southern California, but I lived in Seattle for like half my life. Oh, amazing. And then and now you're back. back. Now we're back. We wanted, we just felt the call to pay the higher taxes, all that stuff. Come on, come yeah. on, come on. It, amazing, amazing. Now, okay, so walk walk us through this a little bit. So you were you were actually at, at what formerly known as City Church, yeah. now Church Home, yeah. uh, for quite a long time. So let's just kind of start there and you, we can kind of get it into the LA and then... And then kind of go from there okay so uh when i was in high school at a little school you would probably know it, mount lake terrace high school yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so mount lake terrace high school and a friend of mine's like hey you got to come check out this youth ministry and i was like i and i just started serving god and uh, this is before google so hopefully i'm dating myself a little bit uh so this is this would have been about 98 99 okay and um and so i was like hey you gotta you gotta come find this and so i had literally i this is back when i had to pray god send me a church and send me friends because there's no social media and there's no google and no one had a website and so uh, i was like god send me friends send me a church and so i met a friend uh, at school, and he became one of my best friends throughout all of high school and college. Yeah, and the Spingats, and I love them so much to yeah. this day. Uh, he invited me to a church and also in, in, introduced me to a group of friends. But one of the Christians at my school was like, "Hey, you got to go to this youth ministry," and I was like, "Cool." And so they just told me roughly where it was at, and so I, I went to like a uh, and actually it was at a small like Presbyterian church. There's like 40 kids there. One of the staff members from at that point the city church was there preaching. He's preaching his guts out. There's like 40 kids in the room, yeah, and like no one's amening. Like I was yeah. kind of I think at that point maybe amening, yeah. And his name's Davis, and I talked to him afterwards. And I was like, man, I've never heard preaching like this. Like someone's passionate. They believe the Bible. He's like, you got to come to our church, and it was the same one that my friends have been telling me about. I'm like, no way. I got to come check this out. And so he gave me directions and I You were like, Amen. And they're like, You you belong at City Church. Yeah. You're an Ameter. <laughs> yeah, you're an Ameter. I know you your type, <laughs> yeah. you know. <laughs> we're we're the same. Yeah. And you don't so, belong here with these Presbyterians. <laughs> you belong at City. <laughs> no. Bring your Amen. Not quite, not Bring, quite. Come but, on. <laughs> but anyway, so I connected I connected with him and said, Hey, come now, so check this out. So I'm driving down the freeway and down the four oh five. And I get off on 132nd, and is and it's and if you get off on 132nd from the north, um, it says you know for Kirkland you had this way for Redmond you had that right, way, right, and so right. for those watching you know it's like it it's just right or left, um, and so I didn't know which way to go, so I was like why the church is in Kirkland, and so I went down and I drove down the road for about two miles and I hit a lake. There was like, it ends. And I was so discouraged. I'm like, God, I just drove like 35, 40 minutes to find this church. I felt like you wanted me to go find. And uh, the sun's out. People are putting their boat in the water on the lake, on Lake yeah. Washington. And I was like, I, was, I said, all right, God, I'm going to ask this one guy, that guy. 
I'm going to ask him if he knows where this church is at. Otherwise, I was so discouraged. I said, otherwise, God, I'm just going home. Yeah. So like, hey, so I get out of my car. The guy's put his boat in the water Wednesday night. He goes, I'm like, hey, have you ever heard of this church called the City Church or Generation Church? Have you ever heard of this? And he goes, yeah, what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to go back down this road and you're going to turn really? left. I'm like, what church is this that on a Wednesday night, someone who's not even going to church, they're putting their boat in the water. They know. Where the, I'm not going to church, but That's I know amazing. where you can find church. And from that day on, I never stopped going to that church. That became the church where I met my wife, wow. where I was licensed as a pastor, where our first son was born. Wow. Um, and uh, everything else like major happened in my life. Just incredible prophetic words from God. It all happened at that church. And so we were there for... That was I was about sixteen, seventeen, and that was our church until I was thirty-one. Wow, that, that that's incredible. Yeah. Now, hey, walk us through. So, uh, so I actually attended City Church for a while. Oh no uh, way. So uh, yeah, so the, the interesting time when my, so my parents actually went through a divorce in the late nineties. Oh. My dad resigned the church where I was yeah. raised. So on Sundays, I would go to City Church with my dad. So my dad and Wendell were good friends, and so I'd go with my dad on on oh. on Sundays, and then I'd go with my mom to other churches. As, like so, I was kind of back and forth between City and just other kind of church shopping hopping kind of sure. that whole that whole thing and then on wednesday nights um i would attend generation church and i yeah, would you yeah. know just a weird time like kind of going through this time of brokenness and and um and it's mm. kind of sneaking into the back row you know and, and the in the i think it was in the gym there yeah you yeah, know yeah. and it's you know just kind of just being there but always so appreciated City Church, and also appreciate yeah. actually the size, because what yeah. I didn't want to do is go to a small youth group where you walk in and everyone's like a new guy. You know, yeah. I, I didn't want to yeah, be come all around, seen yeah. or pick you up on a chair. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, uh, so like, but I haven't actually, I haven't been back to yeah. to any of their environments since that since that time. Yeah. So what kind of, I mean, uh, now church home, it's yeah. it's just it's it's revolutionizing just the landscape of the church yeah. right and so what was that like going from that transition from pastor wendell uh to pastor judah yeah Be, what, like because it seemed like it was such a uh, such an honor centered yeah. you know and I, I even think of just like uh pastor judah's installation i know like casey treat was there mark driscoll was there like all yeah. these different kind of generals at that time in seattle were there to really kind of you know so walk us through kind of like that whole transition what that was like uh, being in the church and and watching this this handing off of the baton and everything. Yeah. So when I first started coming, it was one church, one location, two services, a fairly large youth ministry. Uh, I think at that point it's maybe like three hundred ish, and then it, it it continued to grow uh, well beyond that. Um, but you kind of see like this trajectory that God has not only a church, but also people. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm just, I, I honestly, I, I kind of felt like Ruth just happening in a Boaz's field. Wow. Because I'm like, I don't come from a ministry family. Yeah. Like my dad's a retired teacher here in LA. Okay. Like my mom, my, my parents are divorced as well. My mom lives up in Seattle and you know, she's had a couple different great jobs. You know, she's loved people. Uh, but my dad's a first-generation Christian. My mom's a first-generation Christian. No one in my family had ever been in ministry, so I didn't learn. I didn't. I, I just wanted to follow Jesus. But it was because of that environment and that church that I learned this is how, not not just learning ministry, but 
this is how you follow God. Wow. This wow. is how you follow wow. God. And I was taught how to pray in that church. Yeah. I was taught how to read my Bible in that church. I knew I needed to, but no one ever sat down and go, hey, Wes, here's how we're going to pray. Wow. Here's how we're going to read right. Bible. That's right. So, so much of my of my discipleship and learning has come from not just from that church, but from the people of that church. And so I'm just I'm forever grateful for Pastors Wendell and Jenny and for Pastors Jude and Chelsea and Jude and Becky. And there's so many other incredible ministers and and people who have come out of that church. And so seeing that progression, like there's so much there's so much honor in that culture. Yeah, like yeah, the, for sure. Everyone's everyone's human, right? And, but the Bible talks to us about honoring, and it also says that those who preach and teach are worthy of double honor. So, in this world that we live in, where people don't honor and people who are in positions of authority aren't honorable as well, that there's no honor. So when people see honor, they're kind of like taken back, or even double honor. They're like, oh my gosh, this is too much. When in fact, it's like, hey, we're we're worshiping God, right? But man, we honor the heck out of people. That's awesome. We are so grateful for these people, and so. Um, I just, you know, Pastors Wendell and Jenny, they're like, they just incredible mark on my life. And so Pastor Jenny is an elder at our church. Oh, she really? Yeah. Oh, and that's so, so cool. So we actually talk quite a bit. I talked to her uh, maybe two days ago. Oh, that's awesome. We just awesome. kind of talking about, yeah, hey, yeah, here's yeah. some thoughts on outreach. And I was just running some ideas past her. Um, just incredible wealth of knowledge and ministry and heart and wisdom. Um, that's awesome. And so as uh, for Pastors Jude and Chelsea also serving them and serving in that youth ministry, um, I was I was watching something last night, um, uh, like, a, like a documentary, and I was watching them uh, bus hundreds and thousands of people. And I turned to my wife, I kid you not, I turned to my wife and I go, do you remember when we did a youth camp with over a thousand students? I'm watching this documentary of governments doing this. And I'm like, as a youth ministry, like pastors Judah and Chelsea led this thing. It sounds terrifying. Thousands of students thousands on of buses students. and all this stuff. And I'm like, man, there's there's an incredible anointing on them. And so um, I love I love them, and I'm so incredibly honored that just some literally some kid from a you know from a you know a family that no one knew and and uh, and no ministry background to speak of that they literally is like the God places the the lonely. In yeah. families, and God placed me in that family, and had an incredible mark on me, which is why uh, I believe so much in the local church. That's so awesome. So much in the local yeah, that's church. Yeah, so cool. And so, okay, so at what point um, did you feel like God was calling you into pastoral ministry? Because okay, so you're a church planner here in LA. Yeah. But is this is this your first time being kind of a lead guy? Of a, of, of, of a church. Is that is that right? Yeah, this is our, uh, my first time leading something, which is, it's totally funny because like when you lead it, you go, oh man, all the times like I had strong <laughs> opinions as a number two, totally, yeah. I'm so much more merciful to all the people because it's like, oh, once you're in the seat, you get it. Yeah. But I had so many also great opportunities being a part of that church where they would say, hey, Wes, you're going to lead this now. Wes, you're going to go do this. Hey, Wes, you're going to help. So this this is not the first time I've helped with the plant. Yeah, okay. Because there was a point where uh, my pastors then, you know, where Judah and Chelsea and, and Wendell and Jenny, they go, hey, you're going to go help this church as their, as their number two, as their associate, as their youth, uh, to go plant this church wow. in a very, in awesome. Aberdeen, Washington. Really? And so, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I, gosh, I was 25. Home of uh, Kurt Cobain. Yeah, home of Kurt Cobain, yeah. Nirvana. Yeah. And that's it yeah. <laughs> in, yeah. this, in this yeah. great church we yeah. got to help do. But um, they had given us so many opportunities. But I'm just I, like, thank God that I said yes 
you know, because they said, hey, you're going to go do this, but you got to go say, you have to say, I said, but that opportunity prepared me for the next opportunity that wow. God had. Wow, wow, wow. And so, um, yeah. Yeah, so what did this look like as far as God uh, calling you to L.A.? To plant, yeah. to plant a church. So coming back to L.A. for us, because we're, uh, I, my wife was actually born here in L.A. All of her family is okay. all from here in L.A. My dad was born in Santa Monica. Okay. Uh, yeah. And yeah, so yeah. like locals in that sense. But I had never lived in L.A. because my dad took a job just a, about a, about an hour north. And that's where I was born. And then my parents split and I went to Seattle and was kind of back and forth. Okay. But um, we had felt this call while we're in Seattle of like, I think we're supposed to go back to L.A. And it was a scary thing because it was so much family. Wow. And so wow. I honestly, I would have, if, if everyone's getting face tattoos on staff, I probably would have. Yeah. Because yeah, it's like, yeah. hey, we're in this. And people say, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid, whatever. But it's like, man, we're going after God. And we want to make an impact in our city. So, And we're doing this together. Yeah. And so when God started stirring that in our heart, it was almost like, I was like, I don't know what to do with this feeling. And wow, so, interesting. Uh, and so it had, it had been coming and it was just confirmed and confirmed. And so God moved some things. And so we, we moved down here and then we're like, okay, we're here in the city. What are we supposed to do? And it wasn't like, go to LA, plant a church. It was yeah. like, we're supposed to go to LA. Wow. And it was like, and nothing at that point was really happening when we yeah. had originally felt that there was. And now when was this, when, when God spoke to you about. This would have been about, uh, I'm going back to, it's about our third year in marriage and we were married in 08. So 2011 okay. is when we started feeling this going like, yeah. we're supposed to be in LA. Interesting. And, um, and that's when we were helping out at the plant. And then at that point we said, okay, God, the only way that we will go back to Seattle is literally, we'll put this fleece out is if pastors Jude and Chelsea call us and say, Hey, would you, would you come back and help? with the youth ministry. We literally get, we gave God like this tiny little target and we're like, we're going to take a couple weeks off. We're going to pray and fast. We're yeah, going to go on vacation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And two weeks into that time, literally I get a text from his assistant. Hey, can you meet up with Pastor Jude and Chelsea? I'm like, uh, yeah. And it was like, it was a crazy wow. thing because we gave this tiny little target wow. and, and, um, they're like, Hey, would you come, come back, you know, from the plant to the site? Do this, this, and this. And it was literally everything that we just asked of the Lord. Wow. And so I remembered, I was like, yeah. And they're like, you don't want to ask any other questions? I was like, no. Like, I've already like I've already talked this That's up incredible. with God. That's yeah. incredible. And so, um, but LA was still in our heart. And so when the time came for us to come down here, we moved down here and we're here. And honestly, we were here for about six months, just or actually, excuse me, five months. Um, just like going to the beach. We had a one year old boy at that yeah. time, uh awesome. praying, road trips. And going, God, what do you want us to do? And um, then we actually had an op a ministry opportunity in Orange County, which all the locals here know that LA and Orange County are two different cities. Okay. But if you're outside of sure. the city, it's sure. like, oh, sure. it's all the same. It's like yeah. very yeah. different. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Very, very different cities. And it was such a cool opportunity, but I, I, I had to say no because it's like, and so I told this incredible national leader. If I said their name, you'd be like, wow, that's great. Yeah. Um, and I, and I was like, hey, I'm so sorry. Like, I, I would love to say yes, but we actually feel compelled to be in this city. Wow. Like, we feel called to wow. to be here. And so um, uh, so that just began this love and this love affair in my wife and I's heart for the city even more of like, we actually feel called that we will say no to opportunity to say yes to the call of God. Awesome. 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 Yeah. Hey, uh, pull the mic in just, just a little bit. Yeah, perfect. Wow. Awesome. Hey, okay. uh, all right. So uh, 
uh, it, it is kind of funny to just this talk about you, you know moving from Seattle to LA because it feels like like there's been like there's like an active exodus right now for, <laughs> uh, from Seattleites moving you yeah. know to to LA. We've seen it in our own church. People just like the oh, Lord really? just calling them. Uh, Do calling, they lead a church here in LA? Not to I lead know. a church, but to come here for various reasons. Yeah. You know, and then just in the last uh, two days, just having these conversations yeah. about what Jesus is doing in LA. It the, it feels like man, it feels like uh uh like re- revival is in the air here, yeah. and and it but it's it's uh it's it's like it's it's a uh, it's it, the packaging is different, and so I think that people that uh that have this understanding of like these people these people that have like uh, I think people's grid for revival is getting kind of broken Absolutely. and shattered and maybe Absolutely. even a little triggered because what God is doing is is a new thing He hasn't done it before and yeah. it's. And it's perhaps um, more hip than it's ever been, <laughs> you know, in, in, in its expression, you yeah. know. And it's it's really interesting what, what Jesus is doing here, and it's really exciting. And yeah. so you're right, you're right in it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. How, how many years has your church been going now for? We're in the months. Oh, months. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So we're we're about nine months in um, since our official launch. And so um, that whole that's the, incredible. Yeah. Nine months. That's a good. Yeah, that's a so, good amount of time. So nine months, and some of the guys are here who, for the nine months pre previous to that, we did literally we just did like a team building in our house, and we grew from our house to the backyard. We tell the story all the time. We grew from the house to the backyard. So it's like part of that. That's, that explains the name. Yeah. Uh, well, no, the name actually. I was on a walk with our kids, and I was just not praying. I was just like trying to keep them yeah, on, you yeah, know, it's like yeah. keep them on the sidewalk, yeah. you know. And I'm like pushing the, my cart, the, the cart that my daughter's in. My son was on his little scooter. And I just feel the Lord clear as I'm hearing you call at the house. Yeah. And I go, and uh, I remember like looking up and like to the side going, wait, what? And call at the house. And instantly I could see my wife and I in a, in a, in a room saying, welcome to the house. Our prayer is that the house would become a home for many people. Wow. And to this day, every time an MC gets up at our church, they say, welcome to the house. Our prayer is that this house would become a home for many people. Oh, that's incredible. That's beautiful. um, And so, yeah, that was part of it. But yeah, as far as the, 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 I would just call like the prophetic swirl around us starting this church. Like I keep go, I keep going back to that going, God, this church was your idea. Yeah. Yeah. This is the success of this is on you. Yeah. The glory of this goes back to you. Awesome. 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 Um, So, yeah. Okay, so you're in nine months. So how, so how's it going? Like, what's it like to plant a church in in downtown LA? Yeah, it's incredible. And uh, LA is it's a big city. Mm-hmm. It's a very diverse. It's a melting pot, and I feel like it's one of the key cities on the planet. Definitely one of the key cities here in America. Uh, one of the key cultural cities. It's not the capital of our state. But it could be literally one of the capitals of our country. Wow! Like you have a yeah. few, you have a few hub cities sure, that are like sure, that. Sure. New York definitely is a big piece of that. So you have here in California, you have Sacramento. That's our legislative capital, but cultural capital is Absolutely. Los Angeles. Absolutely, bar none. Yep. And so there's millions of people here, and so um, we're nine months in, and it's so exciting. It's so incredible. There's so many opportunities for faith. 
And so uh, there's opportunities of faith of like, there was at one point uh, where we were leasing out the space because we felt like this last summer we were supposed to do worship nights. And so we bring in a bunch of friends, like Chris Kilala comes in uh, one night, uh, our mutual friend Sarah Emerson, yeah, she comes yeah, in yeah. worship one yeah. of the nights. Brian and Katie Torwall come in one of the nights. Awesome. A couple of the friends, yeah, a awesome. friend from Upper Room comes in one of the nights. Uh, uh, one of our family members from an AG church out of the area just incredible worship he comes out one of the nights and then we the time came where we had to flip okay hey we got to go back to sundays because we did wednesdays only for the summer which is kind of like that's cool that's okay really cool. this is what we're supposed to do right like, lord uh and we were 10 days away from being homeless and so people kept asking me hey pastor west we're gonna go and i'm just smiling like i'll let you know soon I'll let you yeah. know soon. I'll let you know soon. It's so ironic too that, yeah. that the church name is the house. Know, the house, and, and we're you know, about and, to be homeless. About, yeah, know? yeah. And so I would joke, it's like, hey, I, I've never had a heart for the homeless and the displaced in all my life. Like, right, 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 now, right. Because we're right on the cusp. <laughs> but uh, God opened up this great door for us to really to partner with this Lutheran church, and they said, hey, you guys can be here on a Sunday. We have an early service. You guys can come in right after us. And so the fleece that I had kind of put up for the Lord there was like, okay, here's the two requests that I'm going to ask. I want to park our church trailer near parking lot and I never want to move it. I want to leave it there all the time. Yeah. All of our stuff. <laughs> right. Storage unit. It's not moving. It's there. They said, no problem. I said, secondly, I want to set up our sound system on your stage, right next to your sound system. And I'm gonna leave it set up because our team was setting up, turned down, setting up, turned down every single week. And I was like, and I just wanna give our team a break, but also for quality control. You're not having to every week EQ up the room. Sure. And they say, yeah, no problem. And I'm like, this is incredible. So we've had so many different things like that. That's where, awesome. And then here's the craziest thing. They handed me keys to their building. Like, all right, I signed the lease. Like, all right, great. Here's the key to the front door. Here's your alarm code. And I'm like, Wait, you're giving us access to everything. And so we have kids' classrooms. Wow. And so wow. it's been wow. it's been an incredible journey of like God, I don't and my wife and I have had this line, we don't know how it's gonna we don't know what's gonna be next, but we know it's gonna be good. That's we awesome. don't know what's yeah, gonna happen good. next, that's but good. we know that's it's good. gonna be good. That's good. And you know, it feels like like there's a similarity between LA and Seattle in that there's like this um, uh, spiritual openness. Yeah, like the it feels like the the playing field would be pretty level when it comes to spirituality. Probably not religion. Yeah, right. So th there'd be probably this allergic reaction to anything that's too, that has too much dogma or too much structure. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but an openness to general kind of spirituality and uh, and and experience very experience probably based. And um, uh, so what I'm wondering is um, how. How is the gospel being received? Yeah. Uh, uh, when and and how are you? What does it look like to invite people into a relationship with Jesus, yeah. while also inviting people to lay down their their other idols? You know, and yeah. I know that we that idolatry is 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 a <laughs> such a large conversation. It can encompass so many things, so many so many good things. Yeah. Uh, but it's a very fascinating conversation that we're having right now that that they weren't having in the '80s, right? Like in the '80s, you were like a moron if you believed in anything spiritual. It was like such a humanistic kind of philosophical, mm -hmm. you know, 
But with this kind of weird thing that postmodernism has given birth to, this very kind of, at least here on the West Coast, this openness. Yeah. You know, um, so what, like, so with your own kind of philosophical approach to missiology and theology and, and, and what you're kind of doing here, what, what does that dynamic look like? And what are some of the, um, some of the, things that you're running into that are catching you off guard and and so if we could kind of dive into that i think that'd be that'd be fascinating the um that's a great question and that's a conversation i can have with you that perhaps i wouldn't be able to dive into with some of our other guests yeah just because of your ministry experience and you know so i think that and that's a great question um and i think that based upon someone's background and age it's different so for the younger generations, for those, you know, maybe even 40 and younger, which depending upon how you kind of delineate your, okay. your generations, sure. um, the millennials, some would say that those are the people approaching now 40 um, and below and then, and then on down further. For the older generations, in my experience, my limited experience, um, there's, it's a little bit different. Okay. It's a little bit different. From the younger ones, it's relational is going to win huge. Community wins huge. The fact that you're actually doing something good in the community, that is huge. Okay. And so they may buy into your, into your community long before they'll buy into your doctrine. Okay. And yeah. so one of my favorite salvation stories, <laughs> I got the guys amen here. Yeah, that's, no, that's awesome. good. Hey, shut up. <laughs> shut we'll try to do a podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... Um, you brought your community here yeah, yeah, you know, but, to, do the, to do the podcast. Yeah, it's like, guys, we're going on a drive. Let's go yeah, party. Not your whole community. No. You know, but <laughs> but, um, but uh, I lost my train of thought there. But um, as far as they will buy into that before, one of my favorite salvation stories is C.S. Lewis. Mm. And so if anyone knows C.S. Lewis' story is he talks about his moment of salvation as you know because everyone talks about moment for him he says it was a journey but it says that he was in this in this on a motorcycle with his brother and he said i started to drive not as a christian and i ended the drive as a christian it was just like on this journey he just goes okay i am i'm a christian that's amazing now yeah. for you and i for others like we have raise your hand repeat after sure, me we have sure. like moments like how do you know did you actually fill out the car like we have these other metrics but what I'm seeing is that other people, they're kind of like coming along in a story. Like they will show up for an outreach opportunity. They'll show up to one of these guys' connect groups. They'll show up to a coffee shop. They'll show up to basketball. And they will slowly find themselves coming in. And yes, they have this moment of a revelation of Jesus as their Messiah, as their forgiver, as their Savior. But it doesn't, for some of them, it doesn't start that. It starts as a community. It starts as an outreach. It starts as a, I can buy into that story. They go, man, I can buy into that story. And so we don't take away the gospel. I'm not telling people, hey, um, you know, we'll talk about Jesus later. Sure. It's just that they happen to enter into the story from a different position absolutely. than other people in the absolutely. past. Absolutely, absolutely. So for our, some of our older generations, they come to our, to our community, they enter in through a service. So for all the people that are in the 40s, 50s, 60s and beyond, they come on a Sunday and then they work in a community. For the younger generation, they're starting with community. Interesting. And they're working their way into And what does Sunday. that look like? So uh, this last Sunday, two girls came uh, to our church for the very first time. And I, and I, and I just happened to know these two stories because my wife and I talked to them after yeah, service. Yeah. And uh, I was like, hey, how'd you hear about our community? And guess what? It was social media. Really? Both of them happened to be through Instagram. Really? Which I was like, what? Okay. Like, I'm so glad you're here. 
I'm so glad that this happened. But Instagram is not just like if it was Twitter. Twitter's more information. Yeah, right. Instagram is like this this community. It's this connection. It's like I get a picture into your world of what's going on. But they came in through that. And so and so there's and there's other people like uh, some of the guys who are here. They're telling me the story. They're hanging out. They're at someone's birthday party, and one of the guys at the birthday party is like, "Where are you guys all from?" They're like, "Oh, we all go to this church called the House of LA." Blah blah. blah. He's like, "Man, how do I how do I get to be a part of that? How do I get to be a part?" And so what happens? In one of our worship leaders, that's how she joined our church. She went out with my wife and a bunch of the girls. They were going out to this place uh, here called Italy, and uh, it's just like a restaurant. And so they're all out there, and she's like, "Wait, what are you guys all talking about?" She's like, "What? I want to be a part of that." Interesting. And so, and, Interesting. And she is in that millennial crew. And so they start with that community, which is so powerful. Why, like how powerful community is. And so I know as preachers and as leaders, we often look at our service as like our chief thing. Totally. But the power of community, the power of community. Think about like, um, I have a cousin that, um, I can't say the country now because um, I have a cousin who uh, helps do mission work in a country that's not free. It's probably the best way I could say that. They don't have Sunday services. All they have is community. And so we're not anti-gathering. We love our, I celebrate our, our gatherings, but we all come, it's Thanksgiving. You can't miss Thanksgiving, man. Right, right, you come right. Day, I got right. your place setting right here. But th- that's, not, that's not the entirety of who we are as a community. Yeah, and community is an interesting word because it can, it, it can be so uh, relative. Absolutely. It, you know, in that, like, perhaps what I would call community, other people would be like, yeah, that ain't community at all. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, like, uh, there's a desire for community, but there's a desire for different levels of community. And I also wonder how millennials are defining community and how that differs from, like, perhaps even, like, the, old, the older generation. I mean, even this idea, even, like, if, if we were to talk about social media as a form of community, that would probably really trigger some of the, some of the, mother, some of the moms and pops because yeah. they would be like, no way. It's, it's, it's community in name only. It's, like, it's yeah. digital yeah, you know, a lot of people are still really wrestling with this idea of how real can something be if it's digital. Yeah, you know, and versus we're seeing like a generation get married right now because of apps, right? So it's becoming pretty real. Yeah, right. But yeah. for you, and the, so there's always kind of a question behind the question. It, uh, for for the house LA in this in this environment of 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 Jesus lovers that are transforming the, the city, right? What is what does community look like? Is it really just or is it really just like uh, these organic like people just hitting each other up and hey let's let's just go hang out, mm-hmm. or is it or is it um, or are these catalyzing events being created from from the mothership? Right. You know, like how right. how organizational is it as far as these community opportunities versus organic? Right. Um, and it reminds me of uh, I was reading this book by N. T. Wright. And he was talking, um, he, he was using like a parable to describe essentially the Christian life. Yeah. And he talked about how there was, and he uses the word community, there was this community that needed water and they decided, hey, do we pipe this all in and it's completely dependent upon the pipe or do we kind of like let this run free and then everyone gets all the water that they want, but sometimes it creates mess. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, and so I, I often think about that as community because you want it to be organic, but also you want it to be safe. Yeah, it's true. So I want, like, let's say it's my son who's going to a group. I want to make sure that that leader loves the Lord and he or she, they're, they're not going to lead them, you know, introduce some craziness. But at the same time, 
if you have, it, depending upon the type of leader that you have, some leaders, like you can squelch an artistic person. Like one of the guys who's here, he's an artist 100%. Yeah. Like I don't always understand what he's saying because he's speaking in art, right? Sure, sure. And he's just an artist. And so if you give that person like too many constraints, you'll choke the art out of them. Right, right, right. And then when you're asking them, hey, go be who God's created you to be, there's nothing, you've, you've, you've choked it out of them. But at the same time, on the flip side of the coin, you want them to be prepared for what God is going to bring their way. And so that's, that's where for us, how we, the best way that we try to do that, and this is still, a, I feel like we're still in a lab. Yeah. Like we are 100% still in a lab. We'll be in a lab for the next 100 years. But definitely we're like the embryonic stage of a lab uh, of the house LA, at least you know for the next couple of years as we're kind of like working on systems. But for us, the DNA part is one of the most important things because DNA, you can let it run wild and you already know it's gonna reproduce. And they reproduce it different but it's going to reproduce Yeah, it. that's right. That's right. That's really good. So like when you're talking about the context of community at the House LA, yeah. um, it really it's 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 um, these groups. Like groups would be a big deal. Like, yeah. uh-oh. Yeah. Hollywood. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's... That's actually normal. get down. <laughs> yeah, we haven't heard one helicopter, and so I'm yeah, like, we're doing great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that <laughs> you know awesome. when you're really local is when you can hear the difference of that's a news helicopter or that's a police helicopter. Oh, for real, you can oh, discern that news helicopter. It's not discernment; it's just straight up <laughs> news helicopters hover. Police go. They go in circles. Oh, that's awesome. They're, they're yeah. hunting somebody down. Yeah, so. I love. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I hope I never have to know that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, uh, groups. You asked about groups. Yeah. yeah, so groups are a pretty big part of your church, like home group uh, kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And so we started as a connect group. Okay. We we were only a couple months in, and we at that time we call uh, just like, hey, we're going to do family dinners, and it was for us. It was a soft launch of connect groups. It's like we just want people to get used to the idea of going to someone's house for dinner. Which the older people were like, great, we know this. The younger people were like, wait, you want not a coffee shop in someone's home? <laughs> right. And that right. was like a bit of a it hurdle is. for some yeah, people. It, and they were right. Like, totally. And totally. not just in their home, but for a couple weeks in a row. Like, I, I can't get that consistency. Totally. Thing. Totally. But for us, it's like, hey, if we really want to get the gospel out, there is a decentralization that must happen. Yeah. Like, we're, I don't want to be the only one holding the keys to the kingdom. That's good. I don't want to be the only guy with a Bible in our church. We got to get this out in the community. Yeah, it's really good. And so the best part that we can do, like in Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, is we can use what we've what we have, leverage what God's given us to make you better. I want to leverage everything God's given me to make you a better leader so that when you're in your normal world, you can be a missionary, you can be an example for Christ. Yeah. You can help lead someone. You may not know the, uh, a phrase we use often. You may not be a level 10. You may be a level 2. But someone is at a level 0, and they're praying to God, send me someone who can show me level 1. Yeah, that's awesome. That's good. And and so now talk to me, because uh, I know just based off of your your language, your word choice, you know, like that culture is a big deal for you. Oh. And that um, and that, <laughs> that creating, yeah. not just changing culture, but really creating... I, I, and I'll be interested to hear kind of your your word choice for it. But how how are you in like like uh, our word choice in our context of worship? We, we use the word wineskin a lot. We're really oh, yeah. you know for our leadership kind of culture. Um, so what is, what kind of uh, wineskin uh, do you guys have? And how are you really 
kind of assimilating people into mm-hmm. kind of this this kingdom philosophy for not just a belief structure yeah. but how you're actually how you're actually going to do life together with Jesus yeah. from this point forward what is that what does that actually look like well the first thing was for me was I had to get over as a leader that not everyone's going to look like me okay. I'm not just talking about okay. the color of my skin or my age I'm just talking like they may communicate in a different language they may communicate in English but in a different language of English. Yeah, totally. They may communicate at a different time. Like, let's say I like hanging out at 7 p.m. They like hanging out at midnight. And I have to be okay with that because the goal is not that they will look like me or do it in the exact framework that I would do it, but that it's the same reproduction. It's the same DNA. And so for us, from the very jump, from the very get-go as a church, we've always used the language instead of we believe, we use the language of we are. Okay, and, yeah. And so this is who we are. Yeah. And so it's That's communicating good. Good. that DNA from the very beginning. And this is something, I, I didn't create this. This is, I mean, Pastors Brian and Bobby Houston. This okay. is Pastors Wendell and Jenny. This is Pastor Jude and Chelsea. I'm yeah. just literally taking awesome. all their stuff. Awesome. And yeah, like, absolutely. Hey, man, who we are is the most important thing. And yeah. it's like, I'm just, I'm putting West Dunn's spin on it. Yeah. But I didn't create no, it. No, it's right? awesome. Like, yeah, these it's are, great. These are the it's great, great giants and generals who've gone before us. But, um, but we, use, like, we use this language of this is who we are. We are Jesus-based. Yeah. We are spirit-led. We yeah. are deeply generous. We are outwardly focused. We are living sustainably. These are, we have these seven kind of statements that this is who we are. Um, and everything flows from that. But now for me as a leader going, okay, as we, uh, and we progressively teach those things. So we have a, a you know, something that's the, our first thing. It's called open house. And we may change the name. We'll figure it out. But yeah. it's more of the answering the question, are we family? Like, is this... Because if we're family, like is it, if there's a spirit of like, hey, I think I'm supposed to be here, then let's take it to the next step. Cool, cool. The next step cool. is how do we function? And that's where we talk about like prayer and Bible, the basic Christian disciplines. Where we talk about baptism, where we talk about like here's the integrate, like the rhythms of community. Sure. And then, our, uh, and then we'll probably add in a third one. And then the fourth one uh, is a leader's class where we go dive into those pillars. We call them our seven pillars. And it's essentially, it's like, it's, it's doctrine. Yeah. Where each, each pillar is like, and there's an introduction of why doctrine is even important. So it's like a full, one full class, why is doctrine important? Seven classes after that of here's why each doctrine. And we literally lay them out. We don't just talk about, oh, you know, when we talk about generosity, we don't just talk about Malachi 3. We go all the way back to Abraham and we walk all the way through Jesus. We walk through awesome. the first church. Awesome. Uh, when we talk about outwardly focused, we don't just talk about the things that we do, but this is who we are. And so, um, so for us, it's like, uh, I, as a pastor, one of the things I wanted, or as a leader, just as a, as a Christian, as a human, I want to help create other leaders that can run so far. That they can that they can reproduce it that that yeah. DNA of our church is inside them. Yeah, that's awesome. And so uh, Doug Fields, I remember uh, read this book way long ago. It's about you know you're about youth ministry, and he was you know Rick Warren's youth pastor for forever. But he said I want to. I remember he said this phrase. He says, I, I want to raise up youth leaders that if they move to another city and there's not a youth ministry there, that they'll start one. Wow. And it's like, oh man, like that, yeah, that sure, capsule, sure, it's sure. not like, I don't want to just create great leaders who know how to pass a bucket when the prayer is done being prayed or know how to sh- play the, sh- uh, the song and strum the, sings, the strings at the right, at the right notes. But, but like, I want to raise the leader who can, who can be that in the language that we would use, like the spiritual mothers and fathers. And that what the strength in my in my opinion, sorry, like you got me like I'm on yeah, a rant go, or a go, preach. Go, 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 you're doing great. But uh but um 
the, the strength of any community is not the numbers of people. In my opinion, the strength of, e, it, the strength of the community is on the numbers of spiritual mothers and fathers in that community. Wow. Because spiritual mothers and fathers, they lead a different way. They make sure that the sons and the daughters are safe. They raise up sons and daughters in the house. But people don't start out as mothers and fathers. They start out as sons and daughters. And so everyone goes through that process of just being a child of God, to being a son of God, to being like a father in the faith. And so, um, so for our heart is like, God, bring us at the beginning. It's like, God, bring us some mothers and fathers sure, because sure. we, we want to jumpstart this thing. But also God, and I, my praise, God help me to be a good, just a good dad, not only to my two kids, but to this community of like, help me to just help me to like, and not in a dad sense of like a putting people down that's kind of like I, I, I if people don't use this language forgive me that they were like wow this just got weird quick um, but help me to be a good leader to raise people up absolutely to encourage them to finance them to what do I need to do so like what's in your heart how do I make that happen yeah that's good language yeah absolutely and one of the things that I noticed with like with 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 true spiritual mothers and fathers is they never lose their sonship so yeah. like I even think of just Jesus yeah. Jesus, he's always a good example, you know, <laughs> like he, like he entered into ministry through that place of sonship. Yeah. Right. So like when he was baptized, like that was kind of his, his public ordination and he yeah. heard his father say, this is my son in whom yeah. I'm well pleased. Yeah. And that was, and so in that place of sonship, he modeled perfect ministry and discipleship and empowerment and, and all of that. Right. Yeah. So I think of like some of the most incredible, um, uh, so my pastor, who tra who transitioned the church over to me was a was a divorced woman who was who who the assemblies of God gave her a credential, and wow. at that time in the Northwest she was the only divorced woman lead pastor in the assemblies, and in the nation no and the, uh, in, in, the in, in our district okay. in our district, and so that was really like. Like that was that was amazing, but she came back to restore and to rebuild, kind of a Nehemiah mandate within our I love it. With, within our church. So people start coming to the church. They love her heart. They love her vision. Wow. She, the God spoken to her about about me, and and I, I, the Lord hasn't even spoken to me about me. You know, um, uh, <laughs> that's the best. I, I'm not. I haven't even come back to the church yet. That's and, like spiritual moms and dads. They see it. They're like, I already know. I already know what's what's gonna happen. Yeah. And like I don't see it. Like it's okay. So when I do end up coming back to the church. And I do end up hearing from God several years later. She's like, yep, I know the elders know we've been waiting uh, for, been you waiting for you to hear from the Lord. Come on. But then what she did, like this is so incredible to me. She's rebuilt the church from 20 people up to uh, a core group of around 120, 130 people. And, and they're there because they love her. They love her vision. And um, and I think a lot of people are like, I don't know about, about Darren, right? Well, we're here because of yeah. her. But she used her influence. She yeah. used her uh, uh, her heart yeah. and everything, uh, and she honored me. And and wow. we were supposed to. The assembly said that we were going to lose about twenty percent of our church because that's pretty typical with the transition. Hmm. Not to worry, the church will begin to grow with kind of the new DNA of the leader. We didn't lose anyone, and it was because of wow. how she postured herself. So she went from being a spiritual mom, to being an overseer in the, in the house, to stepping back into a place of sonship. Mm. Which was incredible. Like, like she took off for a while, gave me room, you know, gave our team room, wow. and then came back into the church as a son. And to me, and I've seen wow. this like it, what like a hero. Yeah, it's absolutely like, like when I think of the apostolic, when I think of the apostle yeah. Paul, yeah. who would, who would, who would go, who would build, 
and then like die to their own work and then disappear and then would write these letters hey I, i'm concerned I, i'm holding yeah. you in my heart like and would address things but like that like like and that's one of the things i've, I've seen over and over and over again from spiritual mothers and fathers yeah. is is they know how like they, they never lose that place of sonship and what you said mm. that's so true like i love that you said this is that the only way that we can really step into a place of being a spiritual mother or father is that we first have to become spiritual sons and daughters. Yeah. And and I, and I and you're modeling that. I mean, just just with you know uh, with your testimony of of the deep roots at City Church and now Church Home and this place of loyalty and honor and how the Lord has synergized that in yeah. order for you guys to have a healthy home where there can be multiplication and sons and daughters yeah. can come up there. So I think it's awesome. It's such an awesome testimony, such, yeah. a, such a cool thing of what you're modeling. Well, I'm very grateful. Honestly, we're very grateful for, um, for the heritage where it's like, God, thank you for writing me in the story. Yeah. Is, is, uh, you know, yeah. And, and that heritage for us is actually was part of our call here to LA, where it's like, hey, that's that same mantle like we we have like we have that from heaven and so because i mean i think on the on the contrast right and uh, and i think it's, this is important to hit on especially for people that are listening uh, to con the in the contrast you can have ministries and churches that don't that aren't launched from a culture of honor yeah. it's almost like they're launched from a, a, a almost a culture of pride and jealousy yeah so if or i'm reaction yeah, you know, so if I'm a part yeah. of your assembly and work, and and every time you're preaching, I'm like, I could totally, I could do better than this. Yeah, like if he's doing it, I could do it. Right, right, like, right. You know, right. like and there and there can be that place sometimes. You know, mm -hmm. so I'm going to do it. Yeah, you know, and I'm going to do it better. Yeah. And and oh, then man. I think one some ways that we can discern those environments is when we're having conversations, and it's like, you know, and, and it's like the problem with. The church or the problem yeah you know, and that's coming from so i think it's uh it's so so cool you know one of the things about counterfeits right is when like people that study counterfeits they don't study the fake yeah they study the real they study the real sorry i'm like preaching but i'm like yes do it <laughs> dive, dive, you know dive in you know so we don't have to talk about all the you know yeah. uh ways to identify the the fake it's like no like like looking at this story yeah you know this testimony um, it's such a great way to be able to discern when some if you're not in a healthy environment or if you're in an environment that could be g going a wrong direction. Yeah, listening to the language, listening to the, uh, trying to pick up on that frequency of honor. Mm -hmm. So, and and I realize that not everyone has that same story that we do. Like, there's probably someone who's listening to this is like. Okay, I didn't have a pastor's Winnell and Jenny in my life. Right, totally. I didn't have a pastor Judah in Chelsea. I didn't have a pastor Jude and Becky. Which it's like, wow, that sounds great. But also, you have lots of eyes in your life. <laughs> yeah, so there's yeah, also the flip yeah, side of that. Yeah. But it's like, hey, maybe they didn't have that. And so, I honestly, I really believe that someone can be like a spiritual father or mother from far away. So that's I've, cool. That's I've cool. met Bishop Jakes one time. I met him one time. I had the opportunity Did to. Did you shake his hand? I, I think so. What hand was it? I think it was his hand. Oh, no. <laughs> Rub my hand. <laughs> Talk about just getting weird. <laughs> yeah, sorry. People were like, what just I happened? I think there's some Jake's residual. <laughs> but like, but honestly, he's he's mentored me from afar. Yeah, that's he's, cool. Like that's his, cool. His, his, uh, his, his uh, cadence and his preaching and his stories and how open he is and how willing he is to go there. He's mentored me from afar. That's awesome. Or there's other uh, pastors and preachers here in LA that I'm like, uh, um, where I'm like, man, the 
the depth that that person goes through. Uh, Sister Amy Simple McPherson, yeah. she's she's with Jesus, yeah. but she has mentored me. That's awesome. And, yeah. you know, as like a woman before women's suffrage here, she drives across America, like preaching the gospel. She starts the Foursquare Church. Like, yeah. well, women can't even vote. She's like, I'm going to start one of the nation's greatest churches. Like, yeah, she has incredible. mentored me it's from incredible. afar. So I realize not everyone has those things, but it's like, man, or someone could be in a small town. It's like, hey, you know what? Pastor Craig Rochelle, he mentors me. I've never met him, but I listen to his leadership podcast over and over. I'll send it out to our team. This is so good. He encourages me. He inspires me. He mentors me from afar. That's awesome. What so. a great point. What a great point. That when we honor someone, we we open up our heart to be influenced absolutely by them, and uh, and you, that you don't have to have relationship with someone to be mentored by absolutely. them. You can yeah. honestly, uh, uh, Pastor Dick Iverson, um, the late Pastor Dick Iverson, he he launches things called uh, MFI Ministers Fellowship International. He used to say, "Hey, you can drink water from any spring that's clean." Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. And so, and so there's people like when they think about, oh man, I need a pastor. And for them, what they think of is I need to sit down with you. I need to pour out my soul to you. Yeah. We need to have coffee. You need to pay for it. Right. Um, this needs to happen. This needs to happen. This needs to happen. This needs to happen. And then you're going to follow up with me. You are going to keep me accountable. That's right. Yeah. And it's like, really? Like, wait, what kind of weak version of leadership is that? Like, no, like, I go to you. I go, I'm going to fall. Where are you going? Right. I'm going to be there. Right. How can, I, how can I be a part of that? Can I listen to your podcast? Can, because I, I can still receive from that. And so. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And you're awesome, Wes. And thanks for uh, creating uh, time in your schedule. Thank you so much. And uh, bringing some, you know, some of your community over to come hang out. <laughs> and, uh, and we're, we're excited about what Jesus is doing. We'll yeah. put the link uh, t in the show notes uh, awesome. for, for the house LA. Thank you so and much. And we encourage everybody uh, to go and check it out, uh, uh, even if you don't live in the LA area, because you can you can really uh, support these guys, be praying for these guys, these these missionaries uh, to to LA. And, it, and you, so you guys are doing it right. Hey, God bless you, Wes. And Thank you so thanks much. Thanks for doing this. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in. Listen, before you go, it'd be mighty fun of you if you take a second or two to go into iTunes and rate and review this podcast. Reviews are a big deal. It's what helps us be set apart. So if you take that second or two to rate and review us, you can give us one star, and that means that you think this thing is kind of lame. Or you can give us five stars, and that means that you think this thing is dope. It's tight. It's righteous. It's off the flipping chain. So... If you do that, that'd be amazing. Also put in some words like, oh my goodness, the Supernatural Podcast Show is like the best thing ever. I, 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 I can't believe I didn't start listening to this sooner. Everybody needs to listen. All right, well, you, <laughs> you get the idea. Listen, we love you. We're cheering you on. Keep going after the things of God. We'll see you soon.